Nigerian journalist Kemi Amalulu Olunlayer. I'm also a pharmacist, PR specialist, and community activist. And this is Monday, January 14th, 2019, Kemified. On this episode of Kemified, I'm going to be talking about the incident that happened September 1st, 2018 in Melbourne, Australia. I'm a little bit late on this because I just watched a documentary on Al Jazeera. And it's very disturbing because everyone in the business of hip-hop and the culture of hip-hop needs to see this. I don't know if so many people have seen this in America yet, but I was a music journalist and music publicist for most of my time in the United States and Canada, aside from other things. But what I saw in this documentary could have been very much prevented. It cost one young man his leg, a young man that wanted to get a basketball scholarship, dreams shattered. And one lady died like before the incident and they're saying this was a revenge attack where a car ran through the crowd after a record label lunch, 66 Records. That's the name of the label. The event organizer, Jay Nelly, posted on Facebook that people should be aware of their surroundings and violence will not be tolerated. For one thing I have to say to Melbourne police was that this incident could have been worse. The events on this night could have been very much worse if there were firearms in the crowd and firearms involved. In America, something like this gunshots would have rung out six, seven people shot, maybe dead, and police were not prepared. So this podcast I'm about to do is actually a great podcast for Melbourne police to follow up on the next event. And there were incidents in this thing that even the Melbourne police could not even prevent. There are things that we as people say the police do to us, stigmatize us, racially stereotype us, and more. And what the police said was that they had no intelligence that there would be this kind of violence at the event. And I'm going to take it back to Toronto Police and my experience of a similar event. What will happen in Melbourne? Let's tell you about it. 66 Records, a record label owned by a bunch of Sudanese kids. African immigrants. Many of these kids, they came from Sudan during the war with their parents, and they migrated as refugees into Australia. Melbourne has a lot of Sudanese. It's become a problem with African gangs, quote unquote. That's the way some Australians see that. You know, we have the xenophobia in every country, where you own your country and all the foreigners and immigration refugees enter And when they enter, rather than be part of the community and make the community better, they start destroying the community with the crime. And all kinds of crime messes up the original community. And when that community is a white community and you're blacks coming from Africa, you now have racial stereotypes. For me, as a black person that's lived in America and Canada, total, let's see, 38 years, U.S., U.K., and Canada, Coming back to Nigeria and living here, I can see exactly what's going on from all angles. And it is serious. Hip-hop, rap music, the culture of that kind of music sometimes breeds violence. Don't get me wrong. I am a music journalist. 
a music publicist. I've represented big artists. You know, Drake, Nicki, all these guys I've promoted for them. Wiz Khalifa, I've promoted for him for so long. They're big artists. They make money. And these younger ones want to be like them. And there's one right here in my house. He's 18 years old. My kids are Americans. I got a 27-year-old hip-hop producer. He's in America. never been to Nigeria. And I got an 18-year-old here in Nigeria with me who's been here with me since he was six years old. Okay, Rich KJT. Go search him at Rich KJT on every social media. KJ, my son, okay, loves hip-hop. He's dark as coal. Darker than, you know, there's some Africans that are just dark. All right, I'm light-skinned, but my son is, he has the complexion of Sudanese people, Ghanaians. You have black uh, melanin people in those countries. And he calls himself the black gang. When you hear that kind of word, the black gang, it, it really deals with stereotypes and the word gang in there. You know what I mean? So he's like, oh my God, the black gang, there are lots of them in Sudan, there are lots of them in Melbourne. But look at how these kids are speaking. The Camus kids, they moved to Melbourne with their families and they're speaking with the Australian accent, very good English too. And you know they've done well. But when I start seeing videos where these young men are actually dissing the police and mocking the whole fact that African gangs are the one destroying their communities, you have to pay attention to these videos. We didn't play, you know, we didn't play light with this kind of stuff in Toronto when I was there. And Toronto police was also scrutinized that they were stereotyping blacks. Because in Toronto, it's Jamaicans over there, Caribbeans. Okay, in America, it could be anybody. There are blacks there. But if you start to go to places like Edmonton in Canada, Somalis are there. And, you know, the drug trade is there and they get into a lot of problems and killings and shootings. It's very bad in Edmonton. Let's go to America, Minnesota, USA, the Somali communities over there, too. Many of them came as refugees. The same story with the Sudanese. Okay, they said Donald Trump said something about shithole countries. But let's look at it that way for now. I mean, what's going on in Sudan and Somalia? There's been war in those countries for years, and many of the people, they have fled to the United States, Canada, and other countries as refugees. And so when they get to those countries, they're coming for war-torn zones. They want to make it in the new country. Oh, yeah, we have a woman from Somalia who is now a congresswoman in the United States. And isn't that great when they move to positive things in the community? No one is saying the hip-hop industry is a negative thing, but there are negative stereotypes in it. I saw that video with the rappers of 66 records holding knives in just about every weapon on there and dressed like gangs with black bandanas covering their face and all that. It's scary for the average young white or old white woman living next door in Melbourne. So I know how it is. You see those kids out there in Melbourne, I would like to empower them, you know, maybe go there and do a free music seminar, something of the sort. I need to contact Jane Ellie on that. They need mentorship and, you know, between police and community. I've done these things in Toronto. I had a community press conference with police and rappers to address the amount of shootings and killings that happen associated with the music industry, the rap music industry. We had that press conference. I'm going to go dig it up. I'll call Toronto Police today, 14th of January, 2019, and use it to help Melbourne Police. You know, the internet is powerful. You can tweet Melbourne Police. You can advise them. And what I think they should do is keep an eye on things. I know, they said they didn't get any form of intelligence, to warrant them coming to the event. And nobody was arrested, too. 
Okay, somebody was in a car and ran through the crowd. Okay, um, the gasometer, I, I, you know, I love the internet. The gasometer in Collingwood is a hotel where they had the label party. Honest to God, the video I saw in Al Jazeera, those kids had fun. And that's how clubs are. When we were younger and I was in Atlanta, we'll go to the clubs, Visions and all those other clubs like that. I met Kanye West in Visions in 2004 when he launched his label, I mean, his, his album, um, College Dropout. I have photos, you know, you can see it all on HNN Music. Hashtag HNN Music on Instagram. And I got to tell you one thing, guys, is like they had fun inside the gasometer. It's just that what spilled out. And that's normal for clubs with a lot of young black kids. They'll spill out of the clubs, too much crowds, Girls talking to guys, guys talking to girls, and no police out there. They didn't have backup. They didn't have enough police. Yeah, we don't want a police state outside the club, but at the same time, maybe some kind of backup in case a brawl happens. Okay, somebody hit somebody. Oh, why did you hit my cousin? Fight started. We could see the whole thing on CCTV coverage. Nobody was arrested. Nothing was done. I said, oh my God, this is great that this, it's not great, but I'm saying that this is great that this is not America. You'll hear gunshots, five shots fired, six people shot dead, injured, 20 people carried to the hospital. We have these things in United States and Canada. I mean, look at Danzig, D-A-N-Z-I-G. Just type it, Danzig shooting. Look at what happened to Danzig shooting. Someone called me and said, they're about to shoot here. They tweeted, the shooters tweeted, we've not been invited, we're going to be there. Come and see how bodies count. Did I not tell Toronto police? What about that concert where the girl tweeted me? You know, she DM'd me on Twitter. This is 2012. Can you imagine? A girl DM'd me for a concert, a rap concert in Toronto. Who was the artist? One of the U.S. artists. I don't know. Was it Wiz Khalifa? But the girl tweeted me in the DM and told me the guy in front of me is holding a gun. Holding a gun in a crowded concert. So I tweeted Toronto police to go to the venue that someone has a gun in that venue. Nobody went there. Within minutes, bah, 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 shooting, one person dead, one injured. At the end of the day, Toronto police was sitting down there. This is the police department that I volunteered for for five years. Okay, Tim and all of them, the ones that tweet would say, okay, you gotta call 911, you gotta do this instead of tweeting. We know that we can call 911. We obviously know that. The fact was that I got a tip from Twitter and I wanted it to go viral as in someone in that venue has a gun. Maybe that tweet could have stopped the person from shooting. Maybe they would have stuck their gun back in their pocket, but the police didn't act. And we do understand that there's nobody there. Okay. But I feel that if you tweet something, you tag police to it. Other people will start calling 9112 and then the lines will be jammed. And before you know it, Police is sent to the venue, back up, evacuated because someone has a gun in there. So to Melbourne police, it's stressful. I was a police volunteer in Toronto. I'm in Nigeria. And Nigerian police still needs their help. But we don't have issues like that here. Many of those issues are stereotyped. You have two races, black, white, and then you have this issue. Then you have hip-hop. Some people don't like hip-hop because it's associated with violence and black people. That's normal stereotype. However, my own thing is this. Melbourne police can learn from Toronto police or any police department in America. I take New York police, Philadelphia, Detroit, 
but the best one will be Atlanta police. Atlanta police, Atlanta deals with a lot of hip hop, okay, and Los Angeles police. LA police and Atlanta police deal with a lot of hip hop artists. We've seen Tupac, we've seen Biggie, we've seen many artists, many rappers shot killed, okay, but with even XSX Tentacion, you know, we, we've seen it all. But in the concert area is very, very important. When you have hip hop concerts in Melbourne, record label launches, those are big parties. What else do we have? You must have adequate security. The club security is not good enough. Cops must be outside, even if they're plain clothes. That's what I will suggest. Melbourne police should go there, plain clothes officers armed and back up outside that club. You know, that's what they do in Atlanta. They'll back up a security. I know the cops. I see them. And it's very good to protect everybody. That's why Jane Nelly, the event organizer, said that people should be aware of their surroundings and absolutely no violence should be tolerated. This could have been worse. But I really thank Al Jazeera for bringing this out because a lot of news is underreported. A lot of news is underreported. And a lot of news is um, not really out there we as journalists okay don't really get everything a normal i said normal um a typical nigerian journalist is concerned about local and national news and some world news but i can tell you nobody covered this in nigeria but someone like me kemi i'm an international journalist i've lived in several foreign countries and i've worked all over the globe i've been on cnn fox news name it i've been everywhere so this is my story and i did not get it i even looked down to september of 2018 what was what was i covering in september so intensely other stories however seeing this on al jazeera gave me a better light at it and i went online oh i love the internet and I went to see stories from Daily Mail, Australian TV, Channel 9 News, all that. And it's really good to have seen what kind of stuff this is. My advice, I don't want this young kid stereotype. They can actually make this country big. Okay, Australia can be very big when they start producing iconic, iconic hip-hop artists. And those iconic hip-hop artists might just come out of that Sudanese community. And see, that's what happened in America. When we started having people who were iconic rappers, okay, in um, America, by the time they got to Diddy and, um, you know, Ludacris and all these new ones, well, they're now icons. But let's just say about that 1999, when it became Ice Cube and, you know, before Easy e died, they had so many. The Compton and the um, East Coast, West Coast rapper thing and then the Atlanta Southern rappers. You had so many iconic rappers, and then the white rappers started popping up. And then the whites were like, we can rap too, we can do stuff too. And then you have people like Eminem that come, came out of it, you know. We had Mac Miller, he died, bless his soul. Eminem, Mac Miller, there's a lot of white rappers now. So my thing is, my prayers for Australia is hip-hop is very good. You know, it has messages. I love it. You know, my son is a hip-hop artist. I have a hip-hop producer, 27-year-old hip-hop producer son in Los Angeles. He's never been to Africa. 
Um, then my youngest is 18, Rich KJT, follow him. And my oldest is 31. He doesn't like hip hop music. He's also in America. But at the end of the day, I got two hip hop artists in the house and mom's a music journalist and music publicist. You can follow me at HNN Africa on Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube is HNN Africa TV. I'm planning to change, take the TV out, but it's HNN Africa TV or youtube.com slash HNN Africa. It depends on when you get there. Instagram, I'm not using HNN Africa. I'm using my personal Instagram page. And that one is at Kemi Olunaya. So follow me on there. Thanks for listening to this Kemi-fied podcast about the incident in Melbourne, Australia with 66 records. The violence was really sad that it happened. I thank God nobody died, but that young man that lost his leg was very sad. And my advice is always to police his, enforce the law, and just be on alert. Don't wait for intelligence. And nobody knows what's, nobody knows what's going to happen at any time. At the same time, young people, you got to remember police have to enforce the law and protect and serve with integrity. So Melbourne police, when they're serving with integrity, let them do their job. Nobody messes your job, so let them do their job. If you see two police officers outside the club you're visiting, you don't have to go berserk. They're only there to control any trouble that can, that can happen. You know, they've had this happen in September of 2018, so this is 2019. Let's make it peaceful. Peace to all my peeps up there in Melbourne. Never been to Australia. I got to travel down there and see what's going on in the land down under. I'm Kemi Amalulu Time right now is 7.45 a.m. in Nigeria, Ibada, Nigeria. And I believe it should be probably 7.45 p.m. in the evening in Melbourne. The guys are 12 hours ahead of us. Have a great week, guys. Kemi Amalulu Lulu Lulu Africa.